Governor Scott Walker narrowly lost his bid for a third term, but the man who led the Republican revolution in the Badger State and beyond leaves a lasting legacy of significant conservative free market wins. MacGyver News Service brings you conversations with the people who worked alongside or served the governor during some of the most tumultuous days in Wisconsin history. From the massive protests that marked Walker's signature legislation, the Act 10 collective bargaining reforms, to the mega once-in-a-lifetime Foxconn economic development deal, Governor Scott Walker made his mark on Wisconsin policy and politics. The people who know him best share their stories about these times of impact. The Walker years on MacGyver Newsmakers. Well, it was a remarkable eight years, no doubt about it. Um, As things are subject to change in politics, that's exactly what happened most recently at the polls. Governor Scott Walker, who has served two terms, nearly two terms in office, and a very productive two terms at that. Obviously, he was elected three times because of the recall of 2012, which underscores just how productive uh, the governor was and the legislature around him. A gentleman who was there all along and uh, fought the battles early on in the state legislature joins us now. State Representative Dale Coinga, soon to be State Senator Dale Coinga, Good day, sir. Welcome to MacGyver Newsmakers. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It. Yeah, it's it's remarkable to think, and, and we've talked to others about this, all that has transpired in the eight years. What really jumps out at you first and foremost? I mean, there are the easy things, of course, that we'll definitely get to and definitely touch upon, the battles of early 2011, Act 10, uh, and all of that was accomplished in that first six months. But what really stands out for you over the last eight years uh, of the Governor Walker tenure? Well, I think it's just the tone of the state. Um, We went from a state, and I I saw this because I was in the private sector, and it was just kind of a state where businesses were leaving. Um, There was just one after the other that were leaving the state of Wisconsin. And just really, uh, we did a lot of legislation and changed a lot of the laws, but I think that the tone at the top was very important, and Governor Walker uh, was remarkable at reaching out to businesses uh, both here and that were out of the state and out of the country towards the end of it and making the pitch that Wisconsin's a great place. Um, he was very effective at that. Have you done the list? I mean, have you put together, it's, it's, you know, we, we, we're assembling this for uh, retrospective, obviously, and a story, and we're looking back at the myriad accomplishments over the last eight years uh, have, have you done an inventory on how much has been accomplished in terms of conservative legislation, government reform, limited government, and uh, free market legislation that has passed, that has been, uh, that has come part of, become part of Wisconsin law over the last eight years? That would be a Herculean task to, to <laughs> write that all down. Um, that's like one of those those uh, like fun fun bar games of how many Wisconsin cities can you name? Um, because no matter who you are, um, if you're in the administration or out, it'd be very difficult, um, if not impossible, list them all. You know, I remember my first term. I was not enjoying finance my first term, and one of the things I felt that uh, we needed to do was a little bit of pension reform. And so it used to be in Wisconsin that if you were a lifeguard for a summer, um, one third one third of a job. 
uh, one third full time, you would get a pension. And also it was an immediate, it was vested immediately. And so I put a budget motion in there saying, well, you know, we should have a five year vesting period. Um, you should be in a state employee for five years before you vest in the pension. And I remember Robin Voss, who was assigned to me to work with me on the budget at that time, came back and said, well, there's not support for um, that vesting period. It's too aggressive. Um, would you settle for, you know, 20% vested the first year, 40% the second year, and on until five years vested? So kind of like slowly get there. And I, you know, I was like, yeah, that, I, I would take that win. That'd be great. And I remember the governor's veto message came out, and it said that he vetoed that language. And I was like, why he vetoed my, my, my thing in the budget. Like that was my, he vetoed my, you know, vesting period and then came to look at it. And what he did was he vetoed out the 20%, the 40%, the 60%, the 80% and left it with a five-year vesting period. <laughs> so he, with his veto pen, got back exactly to the conservative position uh, for taxpayers that I want to get at. And so he was a conservative governor that listened and it was just a pleasure working with him. We're talking with State Representative Dale Coenga, soon to be State Senator Dale Coenga, about uh, the last eight years during the governor's uh, Governor Scott Walker's tenure in the state of Wisconsin. You came in at uh, quite a transitional time, the Republican Revolution. When you started, what was the message that the governor brought to? Uh, fellow Republicans in the legislature, uh, what was the message that he wanted to send even before Act 10, even before budget reform? I know that he he talked to uh, re- Republican legislatures. I know there was a conversation. What what was it that, that he said to you where he wanted to take this state? Well, I, I mean, my biggest thing was I think this city has a history of a lot of um, a lot of states like this have Republicans that just think that some of the conservative moves are just too big and too bold for a, a swing state like Wisconsin. And I've worked with some pretty strong people in my career, whether it be Army career in combat or my business career or my, the men in my family. Or um, I've, I've worked with some very um, strong individuals, and I did not suspect that a um, you know son of a preacher who was has been in politics his entire life really um, would be so firm and, and not be intimidated. I mean he stood he stood up right off the bat in that first forty days of office handling Herculean tasks before us to to um, solve a budget problem, and he did it with just this type of courage and this messaging that we weren't going to back down. And, and that was about Act 10, but I really think that that leadership and that um, stance that we were not going to be intimidated was really led from the governor's office. It was Governor Walker who really, I mean, he came down to our caucus many times during my career and would talk to the caucus. I mean, that's that's not something that governors do in their own party. Mm-hmm. It really exposes you. And he would go down there and he would leave and he would just stand firm. Um so I know there's like the cliche, it's like staying with Walker, but um, people stood with him both inside the building and out because, I mean, he stood for him. Like he was absolutely solid. And so that's, that's really, I think, that led even to positions that um, he didn't lead on, like the, the right to work issue and things like that, um, that didn't have his signature on it. He still stood strong with conservatives um, when they took the initiative on stuff. And it was just a really um, good relationship. I mean, I think the press found, like, 
you know, random text that, you know, passionate people like Robin Voss had and passionate people like the Governor Walker had. Um, but that that's the exception, not the norm. That's just little uh, tabloid stuff, like stuff for the press. Yeah. Overall, the entire building was very, very well with Governor Walker. And I think if you were going to uh, get people off the record on the Democratic side, they would say that he was always courteous and respectful and tried to find common ground with them as well. Well, maybe we can do that sometime when Jennifer Schilling wants to have a beer with us. What do you yeah, think? I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, did he? Did Did Governor Walker really say early on? This has been reported. May, maybe it's just become part of the the greater melange of of uh, Walker history, and you know, trying to separate myth from from what happened. But so much of this, as you look back seems like it uh, is part of, uh, you know, the story or the myth, but it really did happen. Did One of the first things I've been told that he said uh, before introducing Act 10 was, it's time to put up or shut up. Is it, it, Does that sound familiar to you? I don't recall that. I can't, and as we see in my other line of work, I cannot confirm or deny <laughs> that. Um, I, I don't know if you said that or not, but it sounds like the, I mean, he came out of that, that east wing and down the caucus and i mean it was it was quite the moment i mean you gotta remember this is uh on the left side the person that came down was jesse jackson mm. so you have on the left you have guys like jesse jackson that came to the assembly floor and were like giving the microphone i'm talking um and so i think when you look at like a governor walker and you're looking at the the um the heat that we were taking from that side um, you know, that sounds fairly consistent with the type of leadership and the type of mentality that um, he started leading on and it was being more forceful on it. And he had two two options. I mean, um, I I had no idea this would be such a big deal. I remember being pretty um, – you know, I was just trying to learn the building. I didn't, I didn't know how the whole quite the bargaining thing even worked when I got there. I just remember the lieutenant governor, was, I was trying to get something in this uh, budget repair bill. Like, hey, I really want to get this provision in there. And uh, it was a good provision that had to do with, like, child welfare. I remember her just being like, oh, I think she actually called me honey. I don't know why. But she's like, oh, honey, you don't <laughs> want to put that in this. This is going to be really – that's such a nice bill. That's such a nice idea. You don't want to put it in this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and it was it was uh, quite more dra- much more drama than we expected, and, and the governor led. Yeah, yeah. Then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose, as we know. The rest, of course, as they say, is history. Act Ten, of course, was uh, is often seen as the seminal moment. It's often seen as the signature bill. Um, and I've asked everybody I've talked to who knew Governor Walker, worked alongside Governor Walker, what do you think his legacy is will be uh, over the eight years as governor of this state? Wow, I mean, it's, well, when you have a legacy, you don't go on and on and on. you got to make it um, short and sweet, which I think is tough right now because he's accomplished so much. I think time will will do that for us. But Act 10 was definitely a um, not so much just the policy, but the new tone at the top, which I really think will be the legacy of, of bold, conservative leadership. Um, yeah, so I think, I think he'll have a, a positive legacy, and what you'll see with typically with people leave office is, that legacy um, becomes um, broader and it becomes uh, more clear as, as time goes on. Legacy built on, again, a good deal of success, conservative reforms brought to this state. Uh, with the, the shifting winds of politics, are you at all concerned as an incoming senator that the new governor 
We see a hard turn to the left, obviously, in the executive side of things. Are, are you concerned that uh, Tony Evers may undo some of that legacy, some of those powerful reforms that uh, the legislature and the governor brought to the state of Wisconsin? No, I, I feel very confident in our colleagues in the legislature. I mean, we and this is not specific to the new relationship with the new governor. We we were also forceful um, with the governor uh, Walker that the legislature is a co-equal branch of government. We are co-equal branch of government, and so we operate that way. We um, and so I think that with with Governor Evers, um, he has the opportunity to look forward and propose ideas that build upon where we're at and go forward from there. Or he has the opportunity to look backwards and say, hey, I'm going to govern um, backwards. I'm going to try to undo. I'm going to try to tear down. Um, and, I, and I really think that uh, he's capable of, of building, of building up, of finding common ground, hopefully, and moving from there. And I'll be eager to work with Governor Evers on any common ground we could find. And in the interim, um, if we can't find that common ground, like we're definitely not going to move backwards. We're not going to repeal things that we've done. And the law is the law. The base budget's the base budget. And so right now we've created a, a positive healthcare environment. We've created a positive education environment. We've created a positive business environment. And that is the law. And so it takes action by the legislature to, to change those laws, to change those base budget amounts. And and so we're not going to move backwards. Now, is our trajectory going to be as strong as it was under Governor Walker? Um, I don't think it will be. Um, I don't. I just don't see Governor Evers jumping on a plane and going to Taiwan and ruling um, that kind of investment here. Um, I, I wish he would, and I'll be rooting for him, and I hope he can. But I just think it's going to be different type of priorities, different types of leadership. And I think also what the governor is going to find is that, the Democratic Party is very, very divided, mm-hmm. um, and he's, there's going to be a portion of that party that that wants to shut down school choice today, today. They mm-hmm. they want for all the talk conservatives get about not supporting schools, um, and all the all the crap that Alberta Darling and I took for our walk to public school plan, um, as far as trying new ideas at schools. When some of these people on the left, and not all, but when some of these people on the left talk about any school choice. They're talking about closing hundreds of schools, yeah. hundreds, um, overnight, and telling parents that they can't send their kids to um, the St. Mark's as anyone, or Hope Christian schools, or um, the, the, the Jewish Orthodox schools. So, I mean, so I I just hope that he leads um, all of Wisconsin. I think Governor Walker did a good job of listening to the majority. Um, I'm hoping that the tail doesn't wag the dog on the Democratic side. Um, with with Governor Evers in the office, um, mm-hmm. because that, then that just won't fly. I mean, that's not going to get by the legislature. So don't even don't even throw the idea out there of ending the choice program. Don't even throw the idea of, out there of raising in taxes because we're not going to have to. It's going to be a conversation that we'll, I'll be actually happy to have because um, I think that it will win people over. The um, the debate on that will win people over to our side. Yeah, interesting. I, you know, think about all the accomplishments. Uh, <laughs> that definitely is. School choice was a huge expansion uh, during the last eight years. You were part of that, of course, and the governor led on that. Final question for you. I do appreciate the generosity of your time. Um, we know what Scott Walker accomplished in Wisconsin. We know what he did in Wisconsin. What did Scott Walker mean to the national debate 
on government reform, limited government reform? Well, I love this because I always tell the story of on the Army uniform, which I'm going to be wearing this weekend, is that on that right shoulder is the flag. And that flag, um, for those that haven't recognized it before, it looks like it's flying backwards. Um, the, the stripes are towards the front of the uniform. And the reason for that is that when you're moving forward, because we as American soldiers move forward, we don't retreat, that flag's flying. And we always say that the stars lead the way. And that's by design. The stars lead the way. Because what we are is we're not a um, a Washington, D.C., federal government-led country. We are a country. We're a republic. We're a republic. And the states lead the way. And the strength of the states is the strength of our country. And, and you see that in what we've done in Wisconsin. Uh, Governor Walker has taken one of those stars on that flag. And he's made it just a, a bright, shining star as far as health care reform and education reform and economic reform. And other states have taken notice, and other states have have followed our lead, not only on the policies, but on the bold leadership of that you can be a conservative governor in a state that is in the deep south, and you could be you could be aggressive. And so what I what I love about it is one thing I got in the campaign was Odell went on a, a flight to, down to a conference. I went to a conference, and what I did down there was I, I was pitching um, two bills that we've done in Wisconsin. Um, one pertains to keeping kids out of foster care and having an alternative system um, that has now been adopted by 20 states. Um, another bill we did on occupational licensing has been adopted by a dozen states. And Governor Walker's ideas have been adopted all over the country. And um, you're going to see that. What's nice about Governor Walker is his legacy now in Wisconsin, but his legacy will continue in other states as other states look at what we've done here and adopt those ideas and put them in place. So the man is governing even when he's not in the governor's office. Well put. Uh, and I think you can see that resonate, uh, just as you said, just in those two examples, myriad examples across the country. Thanks so much for your time, your perspective, of course, on what has truly been a remarkable eight years is invaluable. And we thank you so much for joining us on this edition. Thank you, man. You bet. Thank you. State Representative Dale Coyanga, uh, soon to be Senator Dale Coyanga, joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle. Thanks for listening.